Wow, it's those like, toms. I really, this is cooler than I remember it. Dude, this, this is a good song. These like ZZ Top guitars. This just makes me think of Zoolander. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow, that reverb on the vocal is nice. Mm-hmm. I really like the, the like, just the rhythm of the rhythm section. Yeah. There's like a synth doing it. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's like an R. It's like a, mi- like a mid-range. Yeah. Nice male backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Call and response. Right, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I, you know I know about music. <laughs> Call and response. Call and response. It's a, a, a leftover from early ancient human history. <laughs> so it's so since. This is such a weird groove. I know. It's really cool, though. Dun, 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 dun. I think the vocal melody is like a genius, too. Yeah. You can tell, like, Fall Out Boy really likes this song. Oh, I'm I sure, feel, yeah. I feel like they're, like, trying to write this song the last, right. like, ten years. That's hilarious. <laughs> Ooh. Nice, nice. This part's really cool. Great guitars. It almost sounds like you're listening to, like, a heart record. It is very hard. Yeah. yeah. There's some there's some fucking music writing going on yeah. in this bridge section. <laughs> the thin Lizzy guitar harmony. Do do people ever call them guitarmonies without immediately like taking it back? Like just be like guitarmony. Dude, I took a class called guitarmony. <laughs> And it was music school's so dumb. It was so lame, dude. Lame. <laughs> Welcome to listen to this, a podcast in which we explore songs we like, research what they mean, how they're recorded, why they're written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today, we're discussing "Call Me" by Blondie, spelled Blondie. It was released on February first, nineteen eighty, and was a theme song to the nineteen eighty film American Gigolo. That's pretty cool. We've done a few songs from movies mm-hmm. uh, in in this in this era. Yeah, yeah, especially eighties. Yeah, I, I think eighties is just is just like that time music. It just I don't know. It goes with those style of movies yeah, so yeah. well. I think there was like a real synthesis and like what was like American art or whatever. Right, kind of that. right, like right. Maybe I just am thinking. I don't know. I was born in in nineteen eighty nine, so I don't remember what the 80s were actually like. Yeah. But looking back, it seems like, yeah, that would be when you would like have a, a hit song from a hit movie from exactly. the hit era of exactly. America. Exactly. Little did they know. Exactly. <laughs> Call Me was number one for six consecutive weeks on the Billboard charts and was also number one song in UK and Canada. It was nominated for the Best Rock Performance Grammy. Hmm. This was what something I thought was really cool about it. It was produced and co-written by Italian electronic music legend Giorgia Moroder. Wow. You, you ever heard of that guy? Never heard of this guy. So he's like a big deal. And there's a, like, he was a huge influence on like Daft Punk. And they mm. even recorded a song called Georgia Moroder. Oh, wow. But when I got hip to him, was I watched this like fucking crazy French movie called Climax. Uh-huh. Um, that was like, 
about these dancers, like rave dancers in the 90s who accidentally take a bunch of LSD at like an after party. Mm-hmm. And there's like a bunch of death and murder. It's oh, like wow, pretty nice. heavy. Interesting. But the whole movie is like the party and they're playing a ton of songs by him. And uh, I'm like, these songs are epic. Look oh, it wow. up. So then I saw he works with Blondie. That's pretty cool. Well, it explains all the sense exactly. in the song. Originally, Marauder wanted to do the track with Stevie Nicks. Hey guys, it's Stevie Nicks. Oh, wow. Nah. Look, can I get a picture? Miss Over here, Miss Nicks. Nah. Oh, Miss Nix, I I don't want to bother you, but could you sing a quick Fleetwood Mac for us? Could you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. Nah. Nah. Oh, my sister about this. She is going to flip. Well, uh, we've got to get Miss Nix on the plane to Afghanistan, guys. Oh, can we just get oh, a... Sorry, Miss Nix isn't answering any more questions. That would make sense. Yeah, but she declined. Yeah. Wow. He then turned to Blondie's Debbie Harry, one of the best names ever. Yeah. Wow, that, yeah. <laughs> and, and asked her to be... Right? <laughs> I don't know why that's yeah, such a cool it, it, name. It sounds like it would be like like in the same type of snack group as yeah. like Twinkie. <laughs> Debbie Harry. Yeah. Because yeah. Little, little Debbie's. Debbie's yeah. yeah. It's like Little Debbie cakes that look like Clint Eastwood in the Dirty Harry. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, he asked her to be involved and she wrote the lyrics and the melody to the tune in just a few hours, which is always kind of a good sign, honestly. Yeah. It's weird when people spend like weeks agonizing over like a three-minute pop lyric yeah it's like when we were doing the sting podcast how it took them six weeks to record the snare drum (laughs) and the bass like dude can you imagine like the stress and anxiety it must take to like record one song on bass for six weeks yeah it would be terrible you you wouldn't hear it the right way that's like honestly like a question i always want to ask you on the podcast that does like i might as well just do it now like how do you listen to a song so many times when the way that most people are listening to it is maybe once a year without paying attention. Right. But when you're actually like working on a song, you're actually not listening to the song. Oh, interesting. You're like, listen, you're like, it's a different part of your brain. That's really cool. Yeah. Damn, dude. Love asking these questions. <laughs> I mean, you are listening to the song, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, but you're not. You're not listening like giving to the it song. that full or that weird attention that you would if yeah. you were like a listener. Um, so, Bondi, aka Debbie Harry, wrote the lyrics <laughs> from the perspective of a male prostitute. <laughs> That changes the song. That's really cool. <laughs> that, that went left quick. Do you think like we like like I love the song. I think it's really cool. Do you think like I should watch the movie American Gigolo? It's like would that inform how I listen to the song? Probably hey, a little well, bit. Well, yeah, makes more sense now. Because what, what Zoolander makes me think of right the song exactly. It's in there somewhere. Um, their collab. This collaboration was awesome, but Marauder apparently hated the process, saying that he hated working with rock bands. Well. Qu- quote, <laughs> there were always fights. I was supposed to do an album with them after that. We went to the studio and the guitarist was fighting with the keyboard player. I called their manager and quit, end quote. Wow. Yeah, sometimes you just got to be able to walk away. I mean, that's rock band. That's, why, why, do you you think that, why do you think rock bands have, have, have fights? It's just like, it's, it's the whole concept of like, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. You think that's what it is? You have like five like really creative guys that yeah. are trying to like push their agenda of what they really, they really believe that like what they're saying is best for whatever part of the song and or whatever they're arguing about. And I don't know. It's just like a, a dynamic that's, I, in all bands I've been in, I'm sure you, there's yeah. always fights, there's always riffs, there's always like a little click, like, you know, the drummer and the bass player are friends. Of course, it's of like, course. The stoners Yeah, the ba- Yeah, bands are just, a, it's <laughs> a really kids. weird dynamic. I think it's because it's it's like kind of, it, it feels unclear what contributions matter the most. Right. And like, it's, part of that is like American copyright laws or international copyright laws. And then part of it too is like, 
this intangible thing, like what makes great song? Like what about this song is the reason that it, it was a number one hit? Right. Like, can you, do you think, do you have like an idea? For me, it's, it's the, it's the chorus melody. Yeah. 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 Like if, if you were like, oh, can you, what the song call me, how's it going? And you're like, Da-na, yeah, exactly. Da-na. It's like, that's, that's the most important part of the song. But like, maybe, maybe that chorus melody wasn't the first thing. And then maybe whatever the first thing that was written for the song right. deserves like as much credit because you don't have the thing after the first thing without the first thing. Right. Right. And it's all hindsight. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. That's why it's tough. I was going to say my favorite part about this song is the guitars. Like, the vocal melody is the star, but I love those guitars. Like, they're super mid rangey. That's what I was going to talk to you about. Why did we get away from this guitar sound? Because this guitar sound is my favorite. Like, my favorite sounding guitars are like the shit on the Foreigner records. Right. And that's like the whole record sounds like it's only mid range. I know. Yeah. I mean, well, music production and technology changed it, man. It's like, the the recording platforms allowed guitars to extra, to to expand their harmonic you know range and now like the guitar reaches all the way as low as basses and as yeah. high as the highest thing it's like but it's, it's never full in the spectrum. middle we don't and really now do it's never in the, in the middle, middle stuff anymore. yeah like guitar and unless it's like a like a funk guitar yeah. like in like the Daft Punk song where it's mm-hmm. like you know get lucky that's like a mid range guitar but Big rock guitars are now like super scooped mid and yeah. high. I learned about scooping the other day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and I like that sound. Like it's it's actually a nice sound, but it's completely opposite to like yeah. the guitars we were doing in the seventies and eighties. It's like I think guitars maybe sound better now, but they seem like they've lost some of that guitar, like guitar player quality. Because yeah. when you hear a person play guitar in real life. It's always kind of mid rangey. Yeah, it's never like so big and wide. It's all, it's usually like that's more of a recording trick, right? Yeah, it's like whenever you hear someone play guitar, it's like always one person playing one guitar. Yeah, we're like in in this recording and tons of recordings. Most I would say like ninety percent of recordings, you know, a lot of the times your big guitar chords are stacked. Multiple guitars, yeah. multiple takes, different in- amps, and everything. Exactly. Oh, we recorded the same guitar part using three different guitars. Exactly. So, like, make the sound as big as possible. Yeah. So it's like it, it's like skewed how like recorded guitar sounds to like real guitar. And now it's kind of changing with like the advent of like you know guitar like effects processors like that Axe Effects mm-hmm. and like the Kemper and the Line Six. Uh, what yeah. is it called? The Helix. Yeah, we get paid when we mention those. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> fractal audio. Yeah, fractal audio. They owe me fifty cents. Stop fracking, okay? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like the sounds that you create in the studio with these units, you yeah. take out on the road with you, and like it's the exact same tone. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, we kind of lost. It. It's like the guitar is not as popular anymore, too. Which it's I, really not. Which maybe it has. But to But you do know that. where it is popular? What I've been noticing is in like pop and dance music. Yeah, it's it still lives there. Yeah, because it's such a to me the guitar is like one of the most visual mm-hmm, instruments, mm-hmm. like visual emotional. I don't really know what that means, but right. when we see somebody play the guitar and sing, it communicates an idea. Whereas when we see somebody playing a keyboard, it doesn't really mean anything. Right, I understand. Maybe it means he's nerdy. I was going to talk to you about the, the, uh, like recording keyboards in like 1980. So like what he's got on this track. A lot of those like percussive. Is that a sequencing thing or did he play it? Yeah, it's definitely sequenced. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely sequenced. You could sequence in in 80. Yeah. So can you explain like what sequencing is? Yeah. So this is before like MIDI and like MIDI mm -hmm. time code and stuff. So you'd have to use um, a real machine. A real machine. I think it's called a SMPTE machine. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's called, it, it uses time code. 
which is like time time code is like real time. It's yeah. like you know zero to twenty four, like twenty four hours, and it actually makes noise. Like if you patched out of a Simpty machine into the recording console and had it come out of speakers, it sounds like like a tattoo gun. Oh, that's really cool. That's what it sounds like a tattoo gun, but it's actually relaying time information. And these machines can like read this time information. The tape machines can understand this time information, and that's the extent of my knowledge. That's pretty cool, though. And I knew, like, I know, like, you know, if you had to use Simpty, you had to dedicate one of your tracks on your tape machine to it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were always like, "Oh, we have twenty-four tracks or forty-eight tracks, but one has to go to Simpty." And then sometimes you left track one and track twenty-four blank because there's like quality issues towards the edge of the tape. So it's like you immediately start shaving, <laughs> shaving uh, tracks off That's your tape machine. That's probably good. Like we, we shouldn't give people that as many tracks as they get nowadays. I know. You get a session that's like a hundred tracks, and oh, they, I, the, the whole thing sounds garbage. You're like, you made a monument to nothing. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens. Yeah, but Simpty's cool. It's 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 crazy. It's like Morse code for audio. <laughs> What's the biggest fight you've ever seen a band? Have. That's a good question. I don't think I've ever seen a band, like I've never been in a band or seen mm. a band get like violent. Yeah, yeah. But I've definitely seen arguments. I've seen like the most arguments over absolutely nothing. It's always over yeah, dumb it's, stuff. It's just, it's, it's sometimes it's about like, I remember one time sitting down with this band I was in, I just like sat down and practiced and like the singer and the keyboard player were literally fighting for like an hour over the intention of a part. And not like the part of it. And I was just like, I need to quit. This, these guys right. are fucking jokes. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, bands, man. Ready? One, two, three, four. Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast. We're on Instagram, Patreon. We got a playlist on Spotify with all the songs and episodes. Rate and review us. Let us know how we're doing. What songs you want us to do episodes about. Thanks for listening to this.